Welcome to Day by Day, Stories of Business, Life, and Everything in Between. My name is Anne Day, and every week I will be bringing you stories to inspire and inform you. As women, we wear so many hats and juggle so many roles. We will be talking about what's important to us, our work, family, relationships, health, and the world around us. Please join us as we share these conversations about what matters most. Let's connect. As the holiday season approaches, many of us are looking for ways to give back in a meaningful way. It doesn't always mean that you have to just write a check for the charity of your choice. There are other ways to make a difference and get involved too. My guest today is Jody Steinhauer, president of the Bargains Group. Several years ago, Jody, who is well known for her work with the homeless, started Kits for a Cause, where people can come together to compile kits to be given out to different charities. Now, with COVID, that gathering element certainly is more difficult, but sending out kits can still be done. Please welcome Jody Steinhauer. Okay, Jody, thank you so much for joining me today. I thought we could start and start at the beginning and and you could tell us a bit about how you got involved with supporting charities. Uh, thanks, Anne. Uh, very, very happy to be here. And uh, yeah, helping charities uh, is something that I think I was, as a wee young girl, I was brought up in a household where my mother was, a, I used to call her a professional volunteer. Uh, when she wasn't helping out at the school, she was helping out a political party or we were bringing, you know, uh, things that we didn't need to the local shelter. So, I mean, really, I was, that's where I, I recall my earliest memories of helping with charities. But uh, I always um, volunteered in things that inter- interested me. And I'll never forget volunteering at a fashion show that the funds were going to a youth shelter and how a woman I met backstage explained to me what she did at the youth shelter and how it really really um, changed my life. And at the time, I had already had my company, The Bargains Group, a discount wholesaler. And we found out that she was actually going to retail stores to buy things like socks and underwear for the street youth. And she was actually buying the product from uh, the people that I was selling it to. So that's kind of where I had that epiphany moment of how I could really help charities uh, in a much, much bigger way. And so what happened then? Did she, did you sign her up or well, what she, happened? She, uh, first of all, she asked me when I told her how much I could actually give her the same socks for that she was buying. Uh, she asked me if they were stolen, which I was <laughs> all about. And I said, no, like that's, those are my socks. And that's how much markup I explained her in the business world. That's what, you know, stores do. They buy them at this price. They sell them at this price. And that made her really angry. And then I had to explain to her, no, no, businesses are allowed to make profit. Profit is a good thing. Uh, and then she started coming to me directly and she would just call me and order the socks and the underwear. And then we found out they also needed, you know, bras or shampoo or, um, you know, bed sheets or, you know, school supplies. I mean, really, we just developed this wonderful relationship. And um, she explained to me more and more what she needed. And I either had it in my warehouse or I went out and asked friends, if you, you know, if you need anything, do you have anything like this that I can help these people with? And even to this day, 
I mean, at six o'clock in the morning, I was on a Facebook group rambling when somebody was talking about, I've got some, you know, used furniture and, and clothing and it's, and where can I drop it off? And somebody piped in and said, you know, call diabetes. And of course, then I pumped in and said, don't you dare call diabetes. It's going to Value Village. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation. Go to the Salvation Army, drop it off or go here. So I'm always being an advocate of how we can help the less fortunate and, and charities. Well, that's great. Now, I know that the homeless has been a big passion for you for a long time. And I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about the two campaigns you you carry out, one in the winter and one in the summer months. Yeah, the, the homeless came out of me meeting that woman I mentioned to you. And as she started giving my name to different shelters and outreach and drop-in programs, primarily in downtown Toronto at the time, uh, it really, I heard the stories and they would call me and say, oh my gosh, we're so glad we found you. You know, we have... 500 men we're dealing with who are homeless and we have a hundred dollars to buy all of them gloves. Can you help? So there was this real disparity between what they needed and what they had. So as a connector, really, that's what I am. Uh, I said, this is crazy. I, I know lots of people who would love to be able to help these people and know exactly what they're helping as opposed to just writing a check. So I just reached out to a bunch of like-minded people in my business community, invited them to my warehouse on a cold Saturday in January, told them to bring me $100 and had everything set up. And I surprised them. And we packed a whole bunch of uh, what we then called winter survival kits. And I invited a, a street outreach nurse to come and talk to us about why we were doing this, what was really going on in downtown Toronto and why this was so important to help the social workers, give them the tools to help the homeless as opposed to just walking down the street like a lot of people think is a good idea, which it's not. Don't ever do that and hand things out. And um, from that from that point on, everybody who came to my event, you know, 20 people said, oh, my God, that was amazing. We've got to do that again. And we've got to bring our employees and our children. Can we do that again? And I said, OK. So we called it Project Winter Survival. And that was 22 years ago. And after we did that and we heard the accolades from the social workers just not only thanking us for donations, but really the key message was thanking us for the right donations. Because what they explained to me was 50 to 75% of the things that people donate to charities are the wrong things. And they are too kind to tell you that. So um, we then decided we needed to help all year round. And we asked what happens to the homeless in the summer thinking it wasn't an issue. And we learned that more people die of dehydration than they do of cold exposure. So we started Project Water and reached out to the beverage companies and uh, hooked up with Nestle Waters who, who were giving us hundreds of thousands of bottles of water. And we started Project Water and that was you know, 20, 22 years ago, which both projects now um, are a national charity under the umbrella Engage and Change and the um, the vision and the emphasis on why we started the social enterprise kids for a cause. I know from when we've talked before, you were telling me a story about your son and the homeless, and I thought maybe that is what a good one for you to share today. Yeah, yeah um, you know, I, I I do all of these things, but I'm also a mom, and uh, many years ago we had a tradition 
we loved to uh, do a staycation in Toronto and we would go downtown every year with the kids to a different hotel and, you know, play tourists, right? We have such a great city, but when we're all busy working, we weren't able to enjoy. So I'll never forget, my son was about three years old. And uh, whenever I go downtown, I always have in my car some gloves and, and some hand warmers and things like that. And uh, we were at the Sheridan Center downtown, and we had just finished ice skating at Nathan Phillips Square. And we were walking to get a hot chocolate, and there was um, a man on the street asking for money, which is not unheard of down there. And my little three-year-old said, Mommy, you have to help him. Where are the gloves from your car? And of course, I didn't have them with me because I was just walking. And um, so I walked over to him and my son came with me, like holding onto my leg. And I said to the man, let me get you, give you my scarf and my gloves. And can I get you something to eat? And he just looked at me and he looked at my son and, and he said, hey, young fellow, how are you? And my son just said, I'm, I'm good. My mom wants, we want to help you. What do you need? And I mean, even when I just say that now, my heart is so warm that what a, what a, a moment for a parent to have their child, you know, feel empathy, not just learn about it. And we went, sure enough, we went to, you know, Tim Hortons around the corner, brought the guy up a huge bag of, you know, sandwiches and hot chocolate and everything he needed. And his face just lit up. He was just happy that we treated him with respect and weren't just kind of pointing at him. And my son had a little conversation with him and they talked hockey and then we left. And I mean, the next morning he said, let's go get him breakfast. I mean, he wanted to go back again. Um, and every time we'd go downtown, he would look for this man to see if he was still there, which of course he wasn't. But it was just such a beautiful moment when I realized how important it is not just to do the work I do, but to bring it into my family and allow my children to also do the work. And so then what happened every year after that? Well, interesting. My son decided he would do, you know, the school projects and things like that. So he ended up being part of these kit packing events. And he was uh, packing kits with Project Winter Survival at the young age of three. Um, his first job was garbage picker because all the plastic that was thrown out. <laughs> and we were afraid he was going to get, you know, absolutely um, stomped on with all the people because he was a little guy. Um, and then he just graduated. And, you know, he's 17 now. Uh, he's my youngest. And every year, him and his friends and his hockey team rally behind this event, both summer and winter. And they just love doing it. And they talk about it. And, you know, it's fascinating to hear how when other kids will make a comment, especially now, because there's homeless people everywhere, and say, oh, look at that. Look at that woman, in the bus shelter. Look at that person. And my son will turn around and say, hey, dude, like, that's not cool. That could be your mother or your father. And, and they may just be having a really, really crappy luck. So be kind. And so when that comes from your child, as opposed to where it should come from the parent, it really resonates with the, their peers and makes them stop and think. And, and really, that's what I say. Homeless people are just you and me a lot of times with really crappy luck. And my, you know, my kids have been grown up in a family where even this summer we had encampments out at our office and um, we've got homeless people who call my cell phone and say, Jody, I need help. What can you get me? What can you help me out with? So they're just kind of 
used to, it's just the way we, we need to be. We're human beings and we need to help. Well, you're certainly a great role model to, to your kids. Well, so- the, the other thing, Anne, I just want to add, um, he actually did a project on how to solve homelessness in grade six. Okay. He, and he had to give a speech and he was so adorable. He has this list, but he had to give this five minute speech and he won the Toronto district school board speech competition. And he went to the finals and he won and he got two paid speaking gigs out of (laughs) the Canada mortgage and housing act and something else where he actually had to go up and tell them how to actually solve homelessness, which he has the plan for. And then he took the money that he was paid and donated it back to the charity. So that was also like a really, a really, really cool moment. So if anyone ever saw that, that moment. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about kits for a cause. Um, Maybe you can explain how that works. Uh, Sure. Um, So I always say that, you know, the charity that I founded was about 20 years too early, right? People would be like, why are you doing all of this? And my answer was because it's needed. And about five or six years ago, uh, corporate social responsibility really became a buzzword, right? Everyone, every large company was hiring a strategist on having a CSR platform or a strategy and employee engagement and, and giving back became Something a company has to do, not just a nice to have or only some companies did it. And that was a good thing that times had changed. But what started to happen was my phone started ringing off the hook and people were calling me and saying, oh, my God, I'm tasked with this employee event and I have no idea where to go. And I've called 20 charities and I've gone to their websites and nobody's getting back to me. And no exaggeration, these people would be hyperventilating on the phone. And I'd say, okay, relax, relax. And I'd ask them a couple questions. How many people are you trying to do this with? Do you have a date or a time? Do you have a charity or a cause? And do you have a budget? And the fascinating thing was eight, we, we tracked 500 calls and 83% of them had no charity or cause that they had to do. Now we're talking like banks, like CIBC, who the cause to me was cancer. But it wasn't. The employees said we can choose anything they want. So that was fascinating. And the second fascinating thing was they all had a budget. So here I was thinking, I've got all of these people who are hyperventilating, calling me with money. And here I am, have thousands of charities that the bargains group serves on a day-to-day basis that they buy low-cost product from. I got to figure this out, right? Like this is a match made in heaven. And at the time, I was online dating at match.com. So I figured, you know, I'm a true entrepreneur. I just have to rip off and replicate the best. So I already had the charity model, which I knew was about, you know, group volunteering and was a huge win. And match.com got it right from from online dating. So thinking, how can I just be that broker of goodness, which is I called myself? And how can I just match these people up? And that's what I did. I asked them a couple questions. And I said to them, if you want, I will teach you what I do for free. I won't charge you. It's kind of my way of doing these amazing events. And um, I'll match you with a charity. And here's how the day should roll out. And it was unbelievable. 100% of them took us on and everybody did it. And it started with companies doing it or departments of larger companies. And 
a lot of times it was around this time of year. It was around Christmas time or fourth quarter. But then it started being around sales conferences. They wanted kind of a, a breakout session of team bonding for the company. Then it started to be um, trade shows. Uh, and then people started saying, can I do it with my family? Can I do it with my school? I mean, it was really quite remarkable how it's just exploded. And on both sides, the charities are so, so grateful because they don't have time to talk to people, especially now when they're calling up and saying, hi, I've got a team of 10, 20, 30, 40, my family, we want to come volunteer. You know, what they really want to say to people are, are you kidding me? Do you think this is corporate daycare? But they can't say that because they're afraid they're going to upset a donor. And and on the other hand, companies and families don't understand that charities are businesses. They need to run like efficient machines and they're dealing with very like top secret vulnerable people in a lot of cases. So we have become kind of that conduit at Kits for a Cause, an educator. Well, we're teach groups of people as small as two and the largest we've done is 6,000, how to do a fun-filled, easy, engaged kit pack for a cause that they're passionate about. And we make it all happen for them. We don't charge anything. It's a social enterprise. We don't charge anything for the services and how to advise them and all the toolkits we provide and that help desk or matching, nothing of that. That's all free. All we do is charge for the discounted products where we also give donations to the people. Uh, so, and the really cool thing is um, they're all coming back and doing them multiple times, which is really exciting for us because our vision at Kits for a Cause is that the government will not have to support items that charities desperately need to function, that we as a community can deal with all of that. And the government then can put that money into long-term housing or healthcare education where we know there's vast amounts of money needed. And it's working. It's a move. Kids for Cause is a movement. It's changing the way people donate and volunteer. I Yeah, having done it a few times myself, I can really vouch for the ex ex experience, really. I remember when we did it at our conference, um, we were supporting Girls Inc., which is a charity that supports young girls. And we did school bags or what I call school bags. Um, and, you know, everybody really got into it. I mean, they really enjoyed it. And I think the piece they enjoyed the most was we had each of the women write a special message mm -hmm. to, to the girl that was going to receive uh, the bag. And I think that made it really. Yeah. That inspirational note or that real personal yeah. touch, it really connects the donor or the participant yeah. with the person who's going to receive it. And we hear that time and time again. Um, it really does make a difference, right? And and it makes people feel good. And when we're having tough times like we are now during COVID, um, you know, you can read everywhere. The data is there that says if you're not doing too well, or you're feeling depressed. Who isn't feeling depressed these days? One of the best ways to get out of that is to do a good deed or to give to somebody. Uh, and so, yeah, we're really grateful because everyone's taking notice. And we're right now collaborating with everybody from like we, we and we talked about a mom calling me and her six-year-old having a birthday party or families getting together for the holiday season. 
and wanting to do something as a group, COVID friendly, of course, uh, and do something at their family celebration. We had a huge amount of them at Thanksgiving time where people were getting together and, and practicing gratitude and being grateful and then doing this little activity and then talking about it and doing the cards and the arts and the crafts. What a great way um, to sit around with your family and and the amount of people now uh, who are calling us and saying, we love this model. Uh, can we do it? And and we've had to, you know, pivot like everybody else and come up with um, COVID friendly um, <laughs> online Zoom models of kits for a cause. And we've done it in offices on Zoom calls across the country. We've got very many um, variations of it now. But yeah, we're really we're really excited to to feel the impact it's having and. This is the new way of, of group volunteering and giving. This is this is the way it's happening. And we're also very proud that most charities now aren't accepting donations because of COVID, but they're all saying if they come from Kits for a Cause, we're allowing them because we also obviously make sure that one of the stipulations of doing a kit pack is that people are wearing masks and gloves mm-hmm. while doing it for obvious reasons. So the uh, the kits are endless. We're doing cancer care kits kidney dialysis kits, like you talked about, back-to-school kits. Right now, we're very big on, obviously, winter warmth kits and hygiene and personal care and hygiene kits are always the number one thing. Um, And it's just a really low-cost activity that's got such massive impact and is making such uh, such a big, big difference. I know we've talked about uh, there. There's also some other sort of supports you provide, like the uh, fires out in Fort McMurray and uh, the refugees that came in uh, earlier last year. Right. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's really, really interesting how as we, um, I don't want to say get old in, as we are seasoned. It's interesting, and I've known you for a couple decades, how, you know, when you met me, I was just kind of interested in doing some kind of this work, and my my charity had just kind of kicked off. It was a love project. It wasn't even a charity. And now you think, like, 20 years later, um, my entire life is all about brokering goodness and helping people. And, you know, to be very clear, I have a very successful, profitable business. So I have a business, the Bargains Group, and we're kind of like the center point, that one-stop shop for charities and disaster relief. So very proud that um, when Fort McMurray sadly had all of those fires, you know, we're the ones who usually it's the government, the Red Cross and the Salvation Army calls to number one, deploy the supplies, firstly, the first responders to make sure they're looked after. And then secondly, to all the people who were displaced at the fires. And we're talking everything from, um, you know, baby strollers to obviously clothing and hygiene products, pretty much everything but food. So that was um, a massive project that we undertook. And, you know, we do these often. I mean, you know, you've heard about these big fires where entire buildings have to be evacuated. We're the next call, right? Like someone call the bargains group, tell them how many people they are. And we just start deploying supplies uh, every spring when the floods are happening. There's a lot of the indigenous communities that have to be unfortunately moved because of the of the floods. We're those people who who get called. And whenever uh, one of the big ones also you mentioned was the refugees when we brought in, I think it was like 30,000 refugees 
a couple of years ago. Um, we were the ones who were at the airports waiting with the snowsuits and the boots and the mitts and the gloves and all of that, mostly in Toronto, but also in Vancouver and Montreal. So uh, we have a lot of inventory. That's what the bargains group has is a lot of discounted inventory. Yeah. And, and we're here, whether, you know, somebody wants to give to their church a box of socks because they're doing a drive or gloves or toys or, you know, toy mountain or any of these big projects at this time of year, we're national. Um, don't ever go to a store ever. Um, if you hear of anybody doing that or, or you see it online, tell them, do not go to a store. Please reach out and, and contact me because number one, we love making sure that we educate people. Like when they call us and they say, the most common one right now is um, my my organization or church is doing a drive and we need socks. And I'd like to buy those wool work socks. So we're not here to take your money. We're here to make sure you're getting the right thing. And in most cases, we won't give them the Woolwork socks because uh, people don't know that Woolwork socks are actually quite abrasive if you're homeless. Imagine if you're on homeless, you're on your feet a lot. And although the perception is wool is warmer, it's also very, very hard on your feet when it comes to calluses, which makes it very difficult because homeless people don't have active um, foot care, right? So the chiropodists have told us when anybody calls, you're much better to give them a very uh, a plush cotton sock. And we can give them literally three pairs for the price of a Woolwork sock. Because when they get damp or wet, it doesn't matter if they're a $10 or $20 sock or a dollar. They're ripping them off and getting a new pair. So these are the kinds of things that when people call us, um, we take that time and educate them. We educate them why you shouldn't be purchasing blue and red toques if you're getting toques for a specific shelter and they're always amazed when we tell them this we said they're gang colors and people are shocked so there's those are just two examples of a lot of the knowledge that my team takes a lot of pride in learning um, the nuances of a very very special community i i know uh too you uh, it's different from one part of the country to to another in terms of what you would get in say Vancouver versus what you would be giving when you're in Toronto where it's that much colder or Calgary right now well, yes. <laughs> where it's like blizzard conditions yeah I mean depending on a the you're 100 right uh, Canada is a very large country um, north south east west uh, and also seasonally things are really different so for example you know if it's Calgary or Winnipeg or if Toronto Montreal uh, when it's winter time we want to really super, super heavy duty ski glove, right? And and we do uh, like an unbelievable ski glove right now for only $6, but in Vancouver, it would be too warm and somebody would just throw those away. So we want a warm glove, but it would be more of like a polar fleece glove. But Vancouver needs tarps and they even need rain ponchos uh, versus you know other parts of the country. So we're always uh, trying to fine tune, but what everybody does need right now is sanitizer. I mean, can you imagine being homeless and not having access, it's a little better now, but for the first six months of COVID, um, these people would be let out of a shelter, the ones who would go in, and they had no access to go to a Tim Hortons or the local restaurant to go to the bathroom or wash their hands. They had nothing. So one of the biggest things we were doing is distributing a spray product of sanitizers. They, they could spray their, their phones, their bags, their all their belongings to try and keep to 
keep COVID um, under control. So there's just right now it's it's really changing. And um, I'm dealing with every night encampments. They're in every city where there's people in tents. And we're dealing with now winter supplies of tents and sleeping bags and things because people are scared to go into a shelter because there are COVID breakouts that the media is not talking about. And these are people like you or me, and they just want to stay healthy, right? That's it. Um, I've got stories of people staying in storage lockers, getting together, two or three of them, and renting a storage locker for, you know, $180 a month. Like, I could tell you story after story. It just breaks my heart. So it feels good to give. Um, and, and Kits for a Cause has allowed me to teach that great feeling and hopefully make, make it contagious everywhere from our, our kids' birthday parties to our schools, to our companies, to our families. So what charities do you mainly work with? Oh, my gosh, everyone. I mean, uh, the charities actually sign up on Kits for a Cause. They sign up themselves to receive donations because it's all donations for free and it's free for the charities. So, you know, sometimes we'll get called from a company and they want to do a national. We just got we're having a lot of Americans call us, which is really quite interesting, who have potentially a, a Canadian presence and they want to do big donations in the Canadian marketplace. So on a national basis, there's, you know, the typical ones we all know of. Uh, and we're dealing with everybody now from, you know, the Salvation Army, the Red Cross, the Boys and Girls um, and food banks. Food banks are the center of every single community. So obviously food banks give out food. But if you can imagine, if you can't afford food, you sure as aren't heck buying toothpaste or deodorant. So we're we are doing big hygiene um, drives for, for all of the food banks and, and working on national partnerships with all of these places. Because food banks alone, there's 3,000 of them approximately across the country, right? Um, religious and faith-based organizations, charities, there's a lot of those kind of popping up because they've got their local communities that they want to help out. So humane society, really, um, whether it be national or grassroots, there is there is nobody from a charity that hasn't called us and said, oh my gosh, thank God you're doing this because this is so needed. So the, an the answer is we've just started. It's only been two years and we're, we're helping over um, 500 brands right across the country already. And when I say 500, you know, the Salvation Army, for example, has almost 400 locations. So that's, that's just one of, you know, so many. And, and if there is a charity uh, that you're involved with, uh, please reach out to them and tell them to sign up. It's free. There's no cats. It's free donations for these people and they desperately need it more than ever. So what would be your piece of advice, you know, to someone say who's listening and who wants to get involved and perhaps wants to um, do kits for a cause for her local charity? How should, how should they approach it? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're looking for a volunteer experience, contact us um, before you do, just think about what's that, what does it look like? Cause we want to design it that it's really important for you. How many people do you have a charity or a cause? When do you want to do it? And kind of what kind of budget are you dealing with? And then give us a cause, give us a call in less than 15 minutes. We can literally kind of based on those questions, uh, spit out a, a perfect event for you. And if you work for a company, 
Um, this is where you can really have massive impact because we don't want companies just to do this as a one of like, oh, this year we're going to go bowling or next year we're going to go axe throwing. Uh, we're encouraging people and it's working to build kits for cause as a program into your actual into your company. So you can do it ongoing multiple times a year and just change up the charity every time you'll have the framework to do it. So again, just reach out or email us at, you know, at Kits for a Cause. Um, we're here to help you. We have a whole team and it's really that personal touch that will design the, the, the perfect program that is fun, easy, but extremely impactful for you. Well, thank you so much, Jody, for coming along today. I know everyone's going to be really uh, touched by what you've been saying. Thanks. Thanks, Anne. Have a happy holiday. Thank you for joining us this week at Day by Day, stories of business, life, and everything in between. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and gained some insights as a result. Each month, we will take a different theme and explore the topic from different perspectives. If you want to reach me, you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at anday at companyofwomen.ca.